Ever feel like that? Just, just need a little fixing. Fix me, Jesus, fix me. Well, we made it through a, another Halloween. It was uh, fun seeing the kids in all their costumes this last Friday uh, at Bellevue and at the Trunk or Treat. Um, our son sent a picture of our grandson in his costume uh, this week. He wanted to be a gentleman, which, you know, did the grandma's heart good. <laughs> it was much better than, you know, a headless horseman or something. Although if your kids dressed as a zombie, they were adorable too. But uh, And then uh, here's the second picture. <laughs> Does he look like... Quite the, quite the gentleman, and he needs a little help with his tie. I learned to tuck the little ends in. But actually, I was looking at this and I was thinking that if they saved the costume, he could be Inspector Clouseau next year. <laughs> Striking resemblance. <laughs> of course, we all know that we don't. You don't become a gentleman by putting on a costume or donning a suit and grabbing a cane, right? You become a gentleman by choosing the behaviors and the actions of a gentleman and then consistently doing those things over time. And this is true of everything in life. Who we are becoming is formed and shaped largely by the choices that we make. And uh, I was reading that on average... Um, the average person makes about 35,000 decisions a day. And, of course, that depends on what you're doing in any given day and what your job is and that kind of thing. But, uh, or if you decide to sleep all day, then, you know, it's just a few choices. I think I'll roll back over and go to sleep. But uh, normally, a substantial amount of our time is spent in the decision-making process. And, you know, some of it's just background stuff that we do without even really putting much thought into it. Other things, we just kind of rack our brains and we're making those lists of pros and cons, you know, what should I do? And our choices have consequences. It's important that we make good choices. Some of those consequences have good outcomes and some not so good. Forrest and I are leading one of the small groups, and we're using the book by John Ortberg, If You Want to Walk on Water, You've Got to Get Out of the Boat. And there was a great joke in there this week that goes along with this and illustrates it. There was a man who appeared at the pearly gates, and St. Peter greeted him. He looked at him, kind of like wondering, you know, if he was really material for getting into heaven, and he says, well, have you done anything of uh, particular merit? And the guy thinks, and he said, well, there was one thing. I, once I came upon a gang of bikers who were threatening a young woman, so I stopped my car, I got out, and I told them to stop, but they wouldn't listen to me. So I went over to the biggest, the most tattooed, strongest biker there, and I hit him upside the head. I kicked over his bike. And then I pulled his nose ring out of his nose and threw it on the ground. 
And I said, now leave her alone or you're going to have to answer to me. And Peter was kind of impressed with that. And he said, and when did this happen? And the guy said, oh, a couple minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Our choices directly direct our life. And there's a difference between wise choices and foolishness. Sometimes it's a thin line, but... Uh, Today's message is the last in a series of messages on the book of Proverbs. And we've been looking at some of the major themes in Proverbs. The title of the message today is Choosing Wisely. Our our choices matter. They are shaping and forming our life. And they also impact the lives of others. And it's important to choose wisely. And this is the point that Solomon is making throughout the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. It's like he is taking his readers by the shoulder and looking them squarely in the eye and saying, wise up. Your life is on the line here. And uh, choose wisely. And throughout the book, he gives us some great instructions on how to do that. So this morning, we're going to look at three keys that Solomon gives us in the book of Proverbs on how to make wise choices. If you like to take notes, go ahead and pull out your message notes. We're going to walk through these Guidelines for choosing wisely. The first key is to make honoring God and living in his ways the plumb line for all of your choices. That's the measuring stick. That's the bottom line foundation. Our choices are guided by a variety of factors, aren't they? Our beliefs about God impact our choices. Our past experiences have influence on our choices. Our education, our upbringing, our friendships, all of these are factors that influence our choices. Our personalities impact our choices. Some of you are higher risk takers than others, and you have the scars to prove it, right? Addictions can hijack our decision-making process. My son works for... Uh, He's the clinical supervisor for all the Great Lakes Recovery Centers in the eastern half of the Upper Peninsula. And he sent me a link this week uh, to a website. And I would just encourage, if you're a parent, a grandparent, if you have teens, are a teen, uh, preteens, to go to this site and watch the video that's on that site. It explains very clearly how addictions get a foothold in people's lives, and then um, continue to impact the addict's choices throughout his or her life. It's only about three and a half minutes long, but every parent and grandparent should watch it because the thrust of the video is that studies have shown that 90% of people who struggle with addiction started drinking or using before the age of 21. So it's really encouraging parents to get their teens on board and aware of this. It's a very informative video for parents and teens. Um, If you know someone who struggles with an addiction, it'd be helpful for you to watch this and have a better understanding of how they make, why they make some of the choices that they do. Whenever we make a choice... There's a variety of factors that impact or direct those choices. And to make wise choices, we need to understand and be aware of what those factors are 
and then have some kind of overriding values or priorities that guide us and enable us to choose wisely. And, you know, I was thinking about this, and if you think about when you go to the grocery store, you know, you're going to run there and get some stuff for dinner, uh, whether it's guys or gals, I know everybody cooks, right? <laughs> Shares. Um, anyway, so let's say that your intention is to provide a healthy meal for your family. And so as you go from the front door over to the vegetables and the fruit, you've got to have that in your mind. That's your goal, a healthy, nutritious meal for my family. Because other words, as you're going, there'll be all these distractions, right? And there'll be junk food that ends up in your basket, and the snack aisle will call in a loud voice to you, come down me, come down me, come over here. You need a candy bar, you know. And so... Um, we have to have these priorities of providing a healthy meal that gives us direction in choosing what goes in the cart and what stays out of the cart. And as followers of Jesus Christ, our plumb line, our overriding value, our priority is to live as Jesus taught us to live and to honor God with our lives. And as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, this isn't something that we do on our own. God empowers us through his spirit. And if we allow him to guide our choices, then we are being formed and shaped to become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ, in our actions, in our values, and in our character. Living as Jesus taught us to live is the target and the measuring rod for making wise choices. So that means anytime you have a decision or a choice to make, uh, it will be guided by questions like, does this choice honor God? Um, <clears throat> does this decision line up with the way that Jesus taught us to live? Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing God, having a reverence for him, that's not a fear like he's going to harm me fear. It's a reverence and honoring of God and recognizing his wisdom and that his ways are best. That's the beginning of making wise choices. Uh, you know, if you just do what feels right to you, if you kind of uh, just do what you think is going to bring you the most happiness, then you'll end up in trouble. Proverbs sixteen twenty five says, there's a way that appears to be right. This looks good to me, but in the end, it leads to death. So ask the question, in light of how Jesus lived and taught us to live, is this a wise thing to do? But not every choice has clear black and white answer, does it? Uh, sometimes there will be more than one God-honoring option to choose from. And in those times, then, we need to put some extra thought into our choices. So number two is don't rush ahead when making important decisions. Take time to seek guidance. Uh, sometimes we're faced with a choice and the answer is obvious. You know, there are some things that are just spelled out pretty clearly in the Bible and you already know what you should do. Um, Proverbs 11.3 says, The integrity of the upright guides them. Once you practice doing the right thing, that integrity, that being who Christ created you to be and living in Christ, that integrity guides your decisions. And, and some of the choices are just really easy to, to make. 
But sometimes the best choice isn't obvious, and you, you need to wait on God for his direction. Proverbs 19.2 says, Desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? Have you ever made a decision thinking, oh, you know, somebody says this or that, and so you do this, and then you discover, oh, they didn't really know what they were talking about, you know? (laughs) Sometimes we let less than God-honoring desires direct our actions. Sometimes we let fear uh, drive our decisions instead of waiting for God to speak faith into that situation. Sometimes we let friends who aren't even really listening to God's direction in their own life (laughs) tell us what we ought to do, and it seems good to them, but it isn't what God would choose for us. Proverbs 14, 15 says, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. The, The prudent, the one who knows the difference between right and wrong, remember we talked about that the first week, The prudent doesn't rush ahead without hearing from God and discerning what God would have them do. And so we're going to look at three quick ways, look quickly at three ways that you can uh, listen to God and how God speaks to us and guides us. And the first way is to pray. If you don't know what to do, uh, it's not clear from God's word, there's not a clear directive, then pray. God directs us through his Holy Spirit when we pray. So when you have a choice to make, ask God to show you what to do. And sometimes he will speak directly to your heart. You'll just know this is what you need to do. Sometimes he'll speak through his word. Other times he'll speak through people. And that's the second way that we um, can hear God speaking is by seeking advice from godly people. Uh, God speaks through other Christians. And Solomon says that we should seek them out. Uh, in Proverbs fifteen twenty two, he says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. And then Proverbs twelve fifteen, The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. So if you've got a, a trusted friend that you can go to, somebody that you know is living their life, listening to God, trusting in him, then... Ask them to pray with you about it. Get their input. Uh, And that's an important step in discerning God's will. God speaks through people. And that's one of the reasons we're having these all-church meetings because I believe that God, well, the Bible says that God gives us his spirit and that his spirit knows the thoughts of God. And so when we get together and we listen to each other, uh, we listen to your input and you hear what the leaders are hearing from God then we can all move forward on the same page and and be going the same direction. So I encourage you to come to those meetings. Uh, The first one is uh, November 12th on a Wednesday, I believe. There's a place place on the back of your connection card to check that you're going to go because when you make a physical effort like that, a commitment, then you're more likely to have it on your radar. All right, and then the third way that we can hear God speak is to pay attention to changing circumstances. This is one of the ways that God guides us is through circumstances. There'll be times when um, you're praying about something and a door will close or a door will open that you hadn't even realized was there and he'll present a new opportunity. 
Uh, it might be something you hadn't considered, and God speaks through these circumstances. So be alert when you're uh, in the process of making a decision, watching for God to guide you through circumstances. So those are three of the ways that God guides us. Uh, then let's look at the third essential for choosing wisely. Uh, sometimes when life happens and you find yourself in a place that's maybe not of your own choosing, uh, maybe it's the result of someone else's choices or the result of living in a broken world, and you don't understand why things have gone the way they have uh, at all times, really. It, the best choice, the wisest choice, is to choose to trust God's faithfulness. The best choice that you can make when you don't understand your life circumstances is to trust God's faithfulness, and he'll show you the way forward over time. Proverbs 3, 5, uh, five and 6 uh, says this. This is our memory verse, so let's read it together. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Today we are remembering the lives of several loved ones who have passed on in the last year, and you may have others that uh, you didn't turn their name in, but it's still a loss, and uh, losing someone that you love is difficult. It's heartbreaking. We don't understand why things happen as they do. And the wisest choice that we can make in times like that is to trust God's faithfulness, to look at the cross and all that God has done for you in the past, and to trust that he will guide you and care for you in the future. We're going to hear a song this morning when you come for communion after the service of remembering. And it's written by Sarah Groves, and she wrote it at a time in her life when she and her husband, uh, she's a well-known vocalist now, but she and her husband were just starting out in the music industry. And um, through no fault of their own, they got the news one day that they had lost everything. They, they were in financial crisis. And she said she went in and sat down at the piano and was going to write a doubting song, one of those where are you, God, songs. But as she prayed and thought about the words for that song, she just felt like God was inviting her to go through the index cards of her life and flip back through those. And if there was a scenario when she could identify a time when God had not come through for her, if there was a time as she went back through her life that he hadn't been with her in the ups and downs of life, even those times when she walked through the valley of the shadow of death, then she could write that doubting song. And so she found herself thinking back through her life, and not only her life, but the life of her parents and her grandparents. And as she did that and remembered God's faithfulness in each instance, a different song began to emerge. And she felt that God was asking her to write a song of faithfulness, a song that spoke of God's faithfulness before she knew the outcome, while she was still waiting on God. 
So she wrote the song that you'll hear uh, during communion. Lindsay and Forrest are going to sing it. And she said that she was so glad that she had written that song instead of the questioning song because in just 72 hours, the whole thing was resolved. It just turned around in a miraculous way. And she was so grateful that God had given her the faith to, to put her trust in him uh, before he came through for her. And that invitation is one that God makes to all of us this morning. If your faith seems something difficult, something you're not sure how God can even provide or come through in, God invites you to choose to trust his faithfulness before you know the outcome. Before you come then to share in the Lord's Supper, I would invite you to flip through the index cards of your life and think back through all the times that God has been faithful, that God has come through for you, that he has been present with you, and even in the shadow of the, the valley of the shadow of death, to remember God's faithfulness. And then when you come to the communion table to remember how God, in Jesus Christ, his death and his resurrection, took what appeared to be a tragedy of immense proportions and used it for good in your life and the life of the saints that we are celebrating today who have gone before us. Would you pray with me? Loving God, uh, we thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that guides us and helps us to make wise choices. We thank you for the ways that you've made grace available to us in the times when our choices have not been God-honoring or we chose badly, God. We thank you for picking us up when we have fallen down. We thank you for the love that you've shown us and the faithfulness that you provide to us steadfastly watching over us and guiding us, um, helping to steer our life in a good way. And we pause in the service this morning now to remember and give thanks for the lives of those who've gone on to be with you. Give us faith to choose to trust in your faithfulness. We thank you for each life remembered today, and we pray for those close to them that you'll continue to strengthen them and provide joy as they celebrate the gift of this life and the memories they shared with them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.